When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everyone, welcome back. It is Jay Scott, and it is the Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. I appreciate you listening and stopping by, tuning in, and don't forget to write us a review when you're done. Five star reviews are always appreciated. We always love our feedback or the feedback that you give us. We also are part of Pantheon Podcast Network, a great network of music related podcasts, including the official Metallica Report, the Metallica Podcast. So please check out the Hook Rocks, the Metallica Report, and all the other great music-related podcasts on PantheonPodcast.com, and you can follow them on social media, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Pantheon Pods, and you can do the same on all three of those platforms, plus threads, if you search up The Hook Rocks. And don't forget to subscribe and follow wherever you do podcasts, so you get the latest episodes right to your phone. We've had some tremendous episodes to start the new year off. Todd Damakerns, Joe Satriani, Sophie Lloyd, Tuck Smith, Jeff Pilson. We uh, we recently talked with the Gems, Black Smoke Trigger from New Zealand, and a whole slew of other great bands and artists. So please check out all of those. A couple of our episodes recently made some news by getting picked up by Blabbermouth. 
the Joe Satriani interview where he speaks about David Lee Roth and Jeff Pilsen from Dokken or ex Dokken basis and now foreigner basis talks about his hope to do one last album with Dokken. So check out all that. And uh, we've got some great episodes coming up, including the one we have today. You guys know I've really dived into Stoner Rock over the last year and a half. One of my favorite bands from the start of this, two favorite bands from the start of this podcast were La Chinga, which is a Canadian bass band, and 1000 Mods, which is also a Greek bass band. And uh, we've had Rich on from the Doom Charts, and he spoke very eloquently about the genre and how it's very misunderstood. We just had him on recently as well. And we had Green Lung on in the last quarter of last year from the UK, which This Heathen Land was one of my favorite albums of 2023. And we've got another great band for to showcase today, one of the emerging bands in the stoner rock genre. And they're from Finland. And I'd like to welcome Sammy from the band Heezer. What's happening, man? How are you? Hi, thanks. Thanks for having me. All good here in Finland. It's uh it's really cold right now, but <laughs> but otherwise all good. How cold is it in Finland? Uh, it's minus twenty. Uh, I don't know how much that is in uh, Fahrenheit, but it's uh, it's cold enough. <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, we're from Chicago, or I'm from Chicago, so Chicago yeah. is typically very cold during the winter. However, last year, actually, the last few years, including. Now it's been very mild. Like we're looking at fifty degree temperatures in the in uh, in the you know in the city of Chicago and the surrounding area, okay. which is really unheard of at this time of year. But hey, you know what? We'll take it. Yeah, for us it has been like up and down. It's minus twenty, and next day it's plus five. <laughs> oh well. Well, hey, you know, I'm really glad that you're doing the show. A few of my friends that uh, I chat with about music turn me on to the band, and uh, quite a few of them in the top 25 of 2023, we included their list, ranked your album um, in their top 10, and figured I should check this band out, because everybody was talking about it, and just been mesmerized by the music and just what you guys are all about. Before we oh, get thanks. into all that, though, yeah, before we get into all that, we do got to ask you the the question we always ask a first-time guest, and that is really the essence of the show. Just like every rock song has a hook, every rock fan has a moment, whether it's a song, an album, a band, or performance that hooked them on rock and roll. What was it for you? Uh, I think the last, last nail in the coffin was... Uh, Apocalypse Do's album by Turbo uh, uh, Negro. I think that was the final final push over the edge. What was the first one? Uh, uh, it's a Finnish band called uh, Eponorma. That's a band that my dad likes to listen to. So. <laughs> but they had this on uh police bump tatas it's a uh, like seventies punk song what in term you know in terms of your music journey you know you mentioned you just mentioned what what hooked you on rock music 
But what, where did it go from there? What was some of the music that you listened to from bands from the United States, North America, bands from the UK, bands from Europe? What was your exposure to that stuff? Uh, growing up or, or growing up. Uh, the first CD I got was uh, smashed by Offspring. So that's where it started. Uh, then, of course, uh, Nevermind came out. So, and uh, a lot of uh, this power metal, like uh, uh, Iron Maiden, uh, Twilightning Abyss, <laughs> which is a Finnish band from the town where I'm from, and uh, the Beatles have of. Has been a big band for me always. Uh, Alice in Chains, Fumanchu, uh, Pink Floyd, and there's tons of bands. And um, I tend to go like uh, from one edge to another. What what led you to the path that is now Heezer? I think it was uh, <laughs> it was kind of a mistake because I was uh, asking our drummer to go just uh, play some riffs um, just for the fun and uh, I don't know if he understood me wrong or just uh, wanted to start a band because he asked the other guys to come with us so. Uh, then I was cool with it, and we went to went to the rehearsals and uh, started playing, and it clicked really fast, and and uh, we started writing songs immediately. So I think in a few weeks we had four songs, and uh, just been going going from there. Before that. We all all have uh, had like many bands, of course, before before his. But uh, I think this is the one that has uh, worked out for the best. How did you develop your sound? You know, where does the sound come from? How would you describe the band Heezer? I think we are uh, some of all all our parts because we all have so different backgrounds in music. There are some same bands that we like and same music styles that we listen to, but uh, but the sound was uh, there from the first time we played together. So our uh, other guitar player Ville is. Uh, as a strong background in uh, black metal and uh, heavier stuff. And our bass player, Ant, is a stoner guy to the bone. And I think myself, I'm uh, <laughs> all around the place. And uh, our drama villa is uh, like a rock and roll type of guy. So when you put all all of that together, that's uh, then it's either. 
how do you feel about being defined as a stoner rock band? I mean, we've had discussions on this podcast about how it's misunderstood and that that label is good in some ways and maybe turns people off in some other other ways. How do you feel about the, the label? Uh, I think we have so many influences in our music, but uh, the base, basic of it is the stoner rock. But there's also a lot of grunge and maybe even pop. But uh, I, I I still think it's stoner rock, and I'm happy about it. So uh, I don't see that it has been uh, like a negative effect for us. So I think that's what our music is. When you think of you know the sound, was this what you guys were going for, or did this all happen? Organically, was this like the yeah, organically? It was like a mistake. <laughs> we didn't plan for any of it. Just uh, started playing and thought, "Oh, this is cool." <laughs> when you think of the song, the sound that you guys have in the album, you know, let's let's go back to the album that you released last year. What was you know what what is the band's creative process? in creating how does that all work uh, well we all pitch in uh, some of us or one of us has an idea and we just start working from there uh, it could be a reform or maybe even a whole song but uh, it's never ready until we have played it together for like 20 times so we can uh, all pitch in and uh, everyone finds the finds the things they want to play in that song and uh, at some point I start singing and finding some melodies for the song as far as Sunkrinder does go the album you released last year you know, the the way that's connected with audiences, I mean, the fact that you and I are talking and I'm in Chicago and you're in Finland, <laughs> do you feel like what you had hoped for with the album was accomplished? Yeah, and many times over. Uh, I was just uh, thinking, thinking that if somebody would listen to it, that would be okay. But it was it was like a few days, and it was at about ten thousand plays on it. So, so it was uh, it was really cool. Now, are you guys? I mean, you guys are in Finland. Are you very regional in where you perform? You know, Sweden, Norway, Finland, or do you have you guys? Or are you guys going to kind of spread your wings a little bit and get to other parts of Europe, try to get to the UK? Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully, but for now we have been playing on Finland. It's uh, it's pretty hard to get uh, shows and gigs in, in Finland. 
you know, rock and roll isn't the biggest thing in the world right now. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, it would be really great to go to Germany or UK and, uh, and maybe the States at some point. Well, just gotta work hard and try to write some good songs. Well, you guys are in fact doing that. I mean, the album is great. The, the latest single, California, is incredible. As I said before, you we hopped on the the interview here. But you know, you look at a country like Sweden, you know, a neighboring country to Finland. Their rock scene seems to be kind of flourishing. Have you guys been yeah. able to get gigs in that country? Uh, not yet. But I know there's a lot of Finnish bands that go there that are like the same genre than us. So hopefully we can uh, go with them and and start making a name in Sweden. Because like you said, uh, rock is uh, a lot bigger in Sweden than in Finland. Finland is more like heavy metal and rap. Yeah, heavy metal is a lot different now. When you say heavy, a heavy metal band, I think of heavy metal as like Iron Maiden and Judas Priest and Ozzy yeah. Osbourne, you know, the bands I grew up with. But now heavy metal is something that's completely different. I think Heezer is, in a lot of stoner rock bands, a lot of desert rock, doom rock bands are very reminiscent of those bands from the early 80s, from the 70s. I mean, we've had conversations on this. I mentioned Rich from Doom Doom Charts, you know, talking about Mountain and talking about Deep Purple and Black Sabbath. There's a lot of core influences, you know, in Stoner Rock with those bands. And then you also take in the new wave of British heavy metal, you know, late 70s and in, in, in the UK, maybe not sound-wise, but very uh, reminiscent to the scene where, very raw, very real, very authentic. And I, I think based on the music that you guys have, I think it's only a matter of time before you start to spread your wings and grow a little bit in Europe. I mean, I mentioned 1000 Mods. They're, they're a band from Greece. You know, there's bands from Italy that are that are doing, you know, Stone Rock Germany as well. I mean, pretty much a lot. And even here in the States, you're seeing a lot of Stone Rock bands. I mean, there's so many bands. It's such a movement. So I think, yeah, I think there is an audience when you, yeah. when you look at what the possibilities are and all you guys coming together and, and forming this band, has this been something that has been like, Hey, we need to do this. Or now that you're seeing people across the globe really resonate with your music, it's something like, Hey, you know, we should really pursue these other countries. I know touring in the U S is very expensive, but, you know, Europe-wise, being that you're already there, you know, might be something to kind of get in a van and, and tour in the summer. Have you guys thought about that? Yeah, we have spoken about that. And it would be a lot of fun. And uh, hopefully we get to do that some year. And uh, for now, we are just trying to uh, write more songs so that when we go, we are ready. And... Uh, we have been only together for three years now. And uh, 
I think we are still uh, like growing as a band and in our music. What do you think of the band and, you know, starting this and you said it happened by accident. Yeah. Where, where do you see the band going after this? I mean, you mentioned more writing, more music. You just released California with great song. What is next? Where, where do you see the band going from, from here on out? Um, I think this year we will release maybe two, three songs. And then in uh, 2025, start uh, recording our second album. I think that's the plan right now. And then uh, at the same time, to as many shows that we can. So for the next two years, I think that's the plan. How is the band adjusting to getting their music out globally and having people connect with it? Uh well, that, that's one thing we've been trying because all of us are terrible at social media, media and, uh, and computers. <laughs> if you have any ideas, we're listening. <laughs> yeah. Hey, maybe this is one way. Yeah, you know, it is something for a band to get used to, right? Because a lot of bands become musicians not to be social media experts or because they're social media yeah. experts. It's because they play the instrument. They play the band. They play the you know the drums, guitar, they sing, they're in a band. And now when you're you know in Heezer and in a band, you really have to consider a game plan of how to market yourself and stay on social media and have a presence because unfortunately that's how people connect with you now is your social media. So you really have to have that in your arsenal when you're, when you're a band like yourself. And I've talked to many bands and, you know, it's something that they don't really like, but they understand that they have to do it. Yeah. It's the same for us. Yeah. We really don't like to do this, (laughs) but it's, uh, it's just something you have to do. But uh, yeah, not my favorite thing. Let's go into the latest single, California. How did this uh, how did this song come to be? Well, actually, me and uh, our drummer Ville were uh, trying to figure out another song that we were going to record. And we really didn't get it to work the way we wanted. And uh, I just said, Ville, that I have this riff. Maybe we could try that. And maybe five, ten minutes later, the song was basically done. And uh, then I just uh, had to figure out the vocal melodies. And it was actually a really easy song to write. And as uh, soon as it was done, we we were... Pretty sure that this is the one that we should record. Where did the inspiration come from? Well, I like Fumanchu a lot. So I think that's the main influence on that song. 
and uh, and the lyrics are about this uh, movie Lords of the Dog Town uh, skateboarding I don't know if you have seen it but it's a good movie and uh, when I saw that movie I was uh, living living alone I was uh, a bit younger then <laughs> and uh, I was uh, having a late night at a bar and came home and started watching that movie. And at some point I wasn't really sure if the movie is a movie or if it's a real life I got confused. <laughs> so that's that's basically the idea, idea of the song. The next single after this, have you guys already started a game plan? Do you guys know what it's going to be? Well, I think I know what it's going to be, but we haven't really uh, talked about it yet with the guys. But I think it will be more like a heavier song, like more heavy metal. But still will be the same same uh, sound and same elements that we have in all our songs. Like pretty catchy melodies and uh, uh, good, good drive. I think that's one of the things that attracted me to the band's sound is, is the melody that you guys yeah. have. I mean, it's fuzzy and it's, it's stoner rock. But you guys do really have a sense of melody in your music, which is which is incredible. How do you shape your songs? Like, how do you find that hook? How do you find that melody? Does it come from the guitar? Is it something that you're humming? What um, what leads to that? Uh, for some songs, I have to really work on the melodies, like uh, change it a lot many times and. Uh, really work on it but sometimes it's the first thing that just comes to my mind uh, like I said before I listen a lot of the Beatles uh, and Abba as well so I have a sweet sweet spot for the uh, melodies and catchy hooks and stuff like this so I would say it's because the Beatles <laughs> well i mean hey you know they, they are the you know in rock music i mean they're they are the top of the food chain when it comes to yeah. you know melodies and and really being you know the beginning of modern music as we know it, modern rock and roll as far as the lyrics goes are you the one that writes those lyrics yeah yeah well the well, lyrics and for the vocal melodies, that's uh, my job. How, how about the genre? What other bands inspire you that are part of this stoner, desert rock, doom rock genre? Well, Fumanchu, uh, I, I mentioned already, and Caius. Uh, there's actually this Finnish band that I like called Orbiter. We're going on uh, playing a few shows with them. So it's 
budget we want. But they are maybe more like doom, doomstone or something like that. <laughs> but uh, for the bigger bands, it's Comanche uh, and Kais for me. And what about them is is an inspiration? Uh, for Fumanche, the California Crossing, that was the soundtrack of my 20s <laughs> when uh, I was uh, spending my time uh, in the bars and parks. <laughs> and uh, for Caius, Space Cadet is one of my favorite songs, like all-time songs. Yeah, we used to do this uh, uh, Pilot the Dune song from uh, Slow Burn. And uh, also Squash the Fly from Comanche. So, same guys. <laughs> Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. What what do you feel distinguishes Heezer from the other bands in the genre? What's different about you? I, I think it's the melodies. Uh, for me, 
the thing in stone or rock that uh, doesn't really hit me is the lack of mel melodies. So I think that's the that's the one that separates us from the others. Of course, like thousand mods, they have great melodies as well, so, but not so many fans. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that is what separates, you know, the ones that are, I think, going to go places is is the bands that have melody. I mean, there's a lot of bands that are part of the genre that, you know, sometimes it's it's just you just can't find it, right? There's nothing that hooks yeah. you. There's, there's not there's no melody, and I think you need that. You need some sort of melody, some sort of hook to pull you in and keep listening i mean that's that's what i look for and that's what really attracted me to heezer was exactly what you said was the fact that yeah there's that fuzziness and there's that those those riffs but at the end of the day the songs are great because of the melodies yeah uh a friend of mine that we used to be that we used to have another band he taught me that uh melodies are the song that everything else is just everything else. <laughs> and um, yeah, for me, if, if there's no melodies, like uh, catchy melodies and hooks, then it's boring for me. And I think the melodies are what uh, helps us to expand to other, other genres as well. Yeah, I agree with that. I think having a melody exposes you to more of a mainstream audience. And not that you yeah. want to be mainstream, but I think people are more likely to pick up on something that they can hum, right? And they can, you know, sing along to rather than a song that may not sound like a finished product. And I think, you know, when I hear a song without a melody, that's what I feel. I feel like it needs it needs to cook more. It needs it needs more for for me to hold to hold my interest. Yeah, and also we use a lot of vocal harmonies in our so songs, and that is from the Beatles as well, <laughs> and maybe Alice in Chains, but they took it from the Beatles as well. So, <laughs> well, when you talk about melody, pretty much every band took from the Beatles. Yeah, yeah. There's no escaping that. Yeah. I mean, look at all genres of music, you know, whether it's pop, whether it's rock, whether it's country, all that stuff boils down to you can always pinpoint the Beatles when 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 you hear and talk about melody. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, funny that the four guys wrote all the melodies in music. Yeah. How hard is that for you to find the melody when you have, you know, these riffs that are just incredible and hard and fuzzy and, and if for you writing that to fit those melodies in that sound, is it a difficult process for you or is it just something that you can pick up on? Sometimes it's difficult, but most of the time 
it comes really naturally and easy. Like for the song California, it it was maybe 10 minutes and, and done. <laughs> but then uh, actually the song that I think we're going to record, I have changed the uh, vocal melodies like six times. And now I start, I'm starting to be happy with them. What what takes it, or what does it take for you to be happy? It's just the feeling. When it feels right, then then I'm happy. Uh, it's hard to explain what the thing is. Uh, actually, the same song, the new song. We have changed the structure of the song also like six or seven times and now i think it's uh it's done but when we changed the structure i couldn't really say what what was wrong with it you just have to fit have the feeling that it's not it's not quite right there so I would say it's all about the feeling. When it feels right, then it's right. How do you overcome that frustration? I mean, imagine not being able to develop a melody that fits the song. Sometimes, you know, when it comes easy, obviously that's the ideal situation. But when you can't find it and you are searching for it, how do you overcome that? I mean, that's got it could be a lot of pressure on you to do that. Um, what's your process for that? You just have to grind it out. Uh, usually I then uh, work on another song. So, and put it on like, uh, in the background. And, uh, then it could be something that I'm brushing my teeth or <laughs> going to bed or just, uh, staring at the screen at work and then I just get the melody in my head and okay this is it and uh, there's really not just one way but you have to have to put the work in the other me members of the band when they're when they're restructuring a song that you need to find a melody for how is that process? Because I've heard a lot where, you know, the songwriting process when you're incorporating everyone in a band could be the most difficult time for a band, you know, because someone comes to the table with an idea or a riff and then you're having a trouble, you know, laying a melody on top of that riff and you've got to kind of restructure things. Does that cause a lot of friction? Does it cause a lot of stress? Is that healthy for the band? I don't think it causes any friction. Uh I think the guys uh, understand, or at least they don't show it to me, but they understand that, that the melody is the main thing. And if I think we have to change something, then uh, it's just some, some something we have to do. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think it's any uh, issue with us. And uh, maybe I have the, like... Uh, Last, last say on the songs because I have to sing, sing them. 
you know, looking at the album that you guys did before the single, um, you know, it was pretty, pretty powerful album. You know, as a lot of people, like I said, raved about it in our end of year episode. The album is titled Sun Grinder. It's available on all streaming platforms. Coming out of that into California, was California part of those sessions or did that come after? Uh, that was after. And actually, after after the al- album, we released an EP uh, last summer. And uh, the album was uh, recorded, I think, uh, 2022 in the spring. Was that so, the Mushroom Hill uh, boogie tapes? Yeah, yeah. That was last summer. But the year before, we recorded the album, The Sunfinder. And we had to wait for like eight, eight, nine months before it was released. And uh, during that time, we uh, we wrote the songs for the EP. And almost... I think it was week after Sun Grinder was released that we went in the studio to record the EP. And uh, we just wanted to do um, like a uh, summer, summer rock and roll EP. Just something different. And uh, that's what we did. <laughs> Do you guys like that freedom to kind of record an album and then get inspired by something, go in and cut an EP, do that, get inspired by a movie, release California? There seems to be a sense of freedom with that. Do you guys prefer that process? Yeah, yeah. That's the. For me, the thing I enjoy the most is the uh, songwriting. That's my favorite. Thing in this uh, music music stuff that we do, and uh, we have a lot of songs. And for some reason, we we come up with songs really easily compared to other bands that we have been a part of. So. That's why I think we will release more songs this year, as well as keep writing songs for the uh, second album. So we're doing those those uh, things at the same time, and uh, we have this basic idea for the second album, what the style is gonna be. And when we write songs, the ones that uh, could fit that style of that album, we save for later. And if we come up with uh, good songs that are not quite the style that we hope the album will be, then we are thinking about uh, recording them and releasing them. How many shows did you guys do live in 2023? Uh, 
I'm not sure, maybe 10 or something like that. And do you guys feel that you'll do more this year? Is that something that you're looking to really grow in terms of how many times you play? Yeah, I think we will have more more shows this year. I think we have four or five lined up for the before summer or the spring. So I think we're going to play more shows this year. At least I hope so. But yeah, like I said, it's not the easiest thing trying to get uh, shows in uh, Finland. <laughs> right, right. When can people expect a new single? Uh, maybe in the summer. I think if we have uh, enough time in the spring to go to the studio, then we could release it in summer. So hopefully, hopefully in the summer. But like I said, we haven't really uh, talked about it with the guys. So we have to come up with a great plan. Well, Sammy, it's been a joy talking with you, getting to know you, learning more about the band. And um, yeah, yeah, my pleasure. Yeah, I can't wait for the next single. I can't wait for what's next. Um, for you guys, for the band, and and to see where it goes, because I think, you know, it's just uh, been a tremendous experience, you know, listening, listening to the band as well. Thanks. Uh, hopefully, we can keep uh, growing and writing some good songs. So that's the plan, anyways. Awesome. That's a great plan, Sammy. Uh, enjoyed the conversation for anyone listening all the band's links to their social media will be in the show notes so when you're when you're listening to the show when you're done you can go ahead and check all that stuff out and uh yeah that's sammy from the band heezer a great band in the stoner rock genre a very up-and-coming emerging band in the stoner rock genre Go check them out. Again, my name is Jay Scott. This has been another episode of The Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Take care of each other, stay safe, and we will talk soon. Thank you.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 